0: And then our reading today from Matthew chapter 4, as the electionary takes us this year to the Gospel of Matthew, and ever, uh, recently we were in Luke, and it uh, goes Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then uh, fills in with passages from John. And so last time I was with you, we read from John chapter 1, the call of the disciples, Matthew 4, verse 12, hear God's word. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father's ebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria. People brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Thus far the reading from God's holy word. I invite you to turn back in the scriptures of Matthew 4, verse 12. As Matthew's gospel takes us to the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, and we'll begin with prayer. Father and our God, we thank you that you have put before us everything we need for faith and life. We thank you that the gospel accounts share the this, this same story and yet offer different perspectives, different details. We thank you that your word is an amazing book written by people living in different places and different times, and yet, as men wrote, moved by the Word, by the Spirit of God, yet ended up with this amazing result of what we call the Bible, the Word of God. And today we pray that we might marvel at this once more again, and we would be able to see more clearly that Jesus is the Christ, jesus is the one that we need as lord of our life and lord we ask that you would not leave us alone and you would not leave us to our opinions but that the light of your spirit would shine upon us that uh, there would indeed be a spiritual illumination and that we would be able to have eyes of faith to behold christ today we pray all in his name. Amen. The last time I was with you, which was uh, two weeks ago, uh, was due to the fact that we were away uh, taking care of grandchildren while, while uh, son Matthew uh, went to Israel with his wife and son and 32 other people. And it was a wonderful experience for him. Uh, it was a uh, something that a grandma and I had to uh, be part of and uh, we find that we're not uh, as energetic as we were in our 40s at taking care of uh, at this time three kids three three young boys and last night we got home at at uh, I got our our car unpacked and loaded at seven o'clock so I feel like I still don't have my feet on the ground yet but um you know, by God's help here we'll will uh, go forward. But last time I was with you, we had the sermon on, on John's gospel where John the Baptist identified Christ and introduced him to two of his disciples, uh, look, the Lamb of God, and ahead of that, uh, this was the second time he said it, the time before he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then we have uh, two of John's disciples. Andrew is one of them, uh, cited for sure in John's gospel. And the other one is unnamed. And if you look at all the evidence, you read through the book of John, you figure out that the person that's unnamed and the person that's the disciple that Jesus loved is the gospel writer himself. The, John the evangelist, if you will, John the gospel writer. And so. Uh, we have Andrew and and John um, wanting to know where Jesus is staying, wanting to learn from him. And then Andrew goes, finds his brother, brother Peter, and said, we have found the Messiah, or the Greek, you know, the Christ, or as we would say, those words mean the anointed, we would say the king. And so this discovery by Andrew, he brings Peter And then uh, later, just the next verse down, Philip is called. In Matthew's gospel, we have Jesus calling four fishermen. Now, from John's gospel, we know that they they had gotten acquainted with Jesus at that time. So now he's going to call them into full-time ministry. And this is how these gospels harmonize together, as you see the work. Now, in order to... uh, Really properly understand all this, you have to have a little bit of geography in your mind, just like when we start citing towns around here, you know, Strasburg, Eureka, Mowbridge, whatever. You start to—it's important for the story. And in the ministry of Jesus, you—you you need to see what's going on there too. Is uh, we have uh, a geographical area of ministry that where Jesus really focuses. And we see the the public ministry of Jesus begins with the imprisonment of John in verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. So uh, John, John is done at this point. Now Jesus and John and their ministry overlapped. At the at the start, in the sense that Jesus was was uh, was teaching and, and 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 doing miracles and so forth. But now it really takes off after John is off the, out of the out of the scene. Here he's he's uh, in prison later to be beheaded because of his preaching because he offended he offended Herod's wife, and and so that that did it for him, he ended up being executed. And we see that Jesus, he's called Jesus of Nazareth because that's where he grew up, he returned there. Luke's gospel tells us why he left Nazareth. In verse 13 of our reading it says, leaving Nazareth he went and lived in Capernaum. So why did he leave Nazareth? John's gospel, or Luke's gospel will tell you, he preached a sermon. And his sermon was that God was going to include the Gentiles in in gathering people, uh, that God works uh, in mysterious ways uh, and and his wonders to perform. The people, they were angry with him. In fact, they wanted to kill him. So he left Nazareth and he went to live in Capernaum. Now, Capernaum... Uh, as it says here in verse 13, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. Again, you have to get your map out. And what you see in the land of Israel, you see uh, the Mount Hermon, and then you see the headwaters of the Jordan River going down. and then that body, that river flows into uh, a lake. okay, He went and lived, Verse uh, 13, he went and lived in Capernaum, which is by the lake. And that flows into a lake, and the river flows out of the lake at the bottom, and it goes down to another lake. Now, the Hebrews called every big body of water the word yam, which means sea. We would translate it as sea. But in our in our way of thinking of a sea would only be the, the, we would say, a Mediterranean Sea. but they had different names for things, right? So uh, you could refer to, properly here, went and lived by, in Capernaum by the lake. So like today, this body of water is known as the Sea of Galilee, uh, the Sea of Tiberias, the Lake of Tiberias, uh, Lake Kinneret, a harp-shaped lake. You know, just like people might say, well, I'm going to go out and fish at the river, or the Missouri River, or, or Lake Wahi. Same thing, different names, uh, here is the uh, Lake Kinneret today, uh, it is in the Bible often called the Sea of Galilee, B- big body water, uh, 13 miles long, 7 miles across, 160 feet deep at some place, was, in ancient times it was very good fishery, and uh, they still fish it today, I'm sure they work at keeping everything sustainable. but. This is where Jesus would do 85 of percent of the recorded ministry of his recorded ministry in the Bible. So this part of the world was highly favored, right? in terms of what Christ would do. Now, what Matthew is telling you here is that this is what Isaiah said was going to happen. Now, Isaiah wrote his prophecies 700 years before Christ was born. Our Lord, the eternal Son of God, at 2,000 years ago became man, was born at Bethlehem. Uh, he went down to Egypt. He uh, escaped there from, you know, Herod wanting to kill the babies. And so he goes down to Egypt and then he leaves Egypt. His parents bring him to Nazareth where he grows up. Okay, so in his ministry, he goes to Capernaum by the lake in this area that was given to the two tribes, the tribe of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. Now, as I read that passage, it's very thrilling to think that God would do this for us. Now, people wonder, is Jesus really the person we should believe in? What does Matthew tell you as you start through his gospel? if You read it like its own book, and you read how you know, the background of Jesus, his ancestry, his human ancestry, um, came from the line of David's family. You can follow him back to King David, and you can follow it back further to Abraham, the promise given to Abraham. In you, all the nations would be blessed. Promise given to David, there would be one of his descendants on the throne, and then we come to a chapter uh, at the end of chapter one, where uh, Joseph is told to uh, take Mary as his wife. Though so what is the per the child to be born would be Emmanuel, which would be God with us, a fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah, a fulfillment that the Virgin would conceive, and later uh, we have the. Uh, Jesus coming out of Egypt, out of Egypt I have called my son. So at various points, he is going to take you to the fact that, okay, this is what the prophet said, and this is how we know that Jesus is the Christ. And so he ministers in this place that Isaiah talked about, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. And so the prophet describes the people in this region as living in darkness. Now that's a description for anybody that doesn't know God, that doesn't know a Christ. It, you know, they, they're they in spiritual darkness. And this was the case for the people who lived along the Sea of Galilee or the Lake Kinneret. Uh, the people that were predominantly Gentiles at this point, because a Jewish people had been taken away, a lot of Gentiles had come into the area, but of course, there's also a Jewish community that Jesus ministers to first, Uh, but the people in darkness, Isaiah said, have seen a great light, and that's how they pictured, he pictured the ministry of Jesus through the work of, of the Spirit. So Jesus coming on the scene is like a great light in the darkness, and his mission here is to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah 9. And you also must bring God's light and blessing to where you live. My wife and I have been um, enjoying in the the mornings uh, when we have our coffee, we turn on a a program that comes out of Rapid City at between 630 and 8, and um, uh, there's a a, a gal in there that does the weather, and a while back, uh, it was going to be a very overcast day, and dark day and she said you're going to have to be the sunshine today well that's who the christian people are supposed to be we're supposed to be the light in a dark world and so that's what you also have to do you have to bring god's light and blessing to where you live you have to be like that in terms of, of 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 following christ not that you can do that on your own and so isaiah's prophecy is being being fulfilled the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light is dawned. Uh, that's the opening for the public ministry of Jesus. And verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And so that's the message of the kingdom. And as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said and I will make you fishers of men. And so what's the most comprehensive command that we find Jesus giving to his disciples is follow me. Follow me. That's not something I want to say to you because you really can't follow me all the time. As I follow Christ, you can follow me. But we have to follow Christ. And it comes to us, some people uh, really focus on the invitation that Jesus gives which is important, you know, we're we're all invited to come, but it's, it's actually more of a command that comes to us from the great king. Remember, Andrew said to Peter, we have found the Messiah, you know, we found the king. Well, if that's who Jesus is, and he says, follow me, well, that's what we have to do. And we must see it as a privilege to follow Christ and not be scared about where that's gonna take us. Because it's going to take us places where we're going to have to live by faith. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be easy. We're not going to see logically how it's going to work out for us. But we have to embrace the call. We have to, you know, that, that Jesus would want me. You know, that I could serve him. That he would use me. What a wonderful thing. And we need to pray for a heart for people in, in doing this. And the promise of Jesus to his disciples and, and that the word disciple is, is the, the first name for the word Christian. That, the word Christian doesn't show up to much later. But if you're, if you're a Christian, you're a disciple, all right, in the first place. You're, you're to learn of Jesus. And the promise of Jesus to his disciples, to us, is that he would make us fishers of people. And when you go fishing, the results are not guaranteed. It's wonderful when the fish are biting. But they're not always biting. Fishing must, might be bad. And if you're a fisherman, you've probably gone on a lot of days like that. And the fishing might be great. And those are days that are memorable, but, you know, the results aren't guaranteed. People fishing is like that too. And even in your family, you know, you have the, 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 the two children of, of uh, Isaac, you know, Jacob and Esau, uh, twins. Uh, but, you know, in your own family, you, you work hard at, at, at teaching them and, and being faithful and so forth. And if, if all your children grow up and they're believers, what a wonderful thing. Uh, sometimes people do their best and sometimes children reject what they've been taught. And even in your family, the results are by grace, by grace, by God's, God's work. And people don't go fishing day because... Well commercial fishing especially with uh, uh, the disciples did, that's hard and they don't they don't know how and, and it requires too much commitment and investment and and energy Well you can make the same objections for people fishing. We have in the history of the church a symbol and you've seen it in fact I If I'd have thought of it before, I've been kind of rushed this morning. But I would have drawn it for you, and I can't draw. But it's pretty easy to draw this this uh, fish picture. It's just uh, two two uh, uh, curved lines that fall. It's very basic. And it's ichthus, the word for fish in the Greek. Each one of those letters stands for a title of Jesus. The the I type letter stands for the Yoda stands for Jesus. The key stands for Christ. You know, sometimes people have you know take the X out of Xmas. Well, that's an ancient abbreviation for Christ, actually. So if you understand it, it's there. Christ, Christmas, uh, the TH sound, uh, Theos, uh, God, uh, the U, Uio, Son, and and Savior. So uh, we have this. Symbol And so in the early church, when, when um, you wondered, you know, is that person a Christian and uh, Christianity is illegal and you couldn't be way open about your faith, but you suspect that other person might be a believer. You could draw that little fish symbol in your hand and show it to them. And, and they'd, rec- they'd recognize each other uh, if they were a Christian. You, you could recognize the other person. They looked at that symbol. They didn't know what it was. Uh, you would know that they were, uh, they were not people who were familiar with the Christian faith. And so the method for people fishing is to bring a message of repentance, and that's important, because today in the, in the modern church and uh, churches that have given up on the gospel, uh, it's something different. But the message of Christ's earthly ministry, in verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And so that is also, this repent for the kingdom of heaven is near is a present message of Christ's church also. That's what brings light to a dark world. You know, otherwise we're just saying the same things the world does and we're of no help. And so you must bring the message relying on God's help with prayer. You need to ask God to help you with that. Otherwise, it's going to come to nothing. And you must bring the message with the actions and decisions of your life being uh, true to these things also. And you must bring the message with words. Sometimes people said, you know, uh, you don't have to say anything. Just live out the gospel and, um, and that'll be enough. But no, we're, we're called to teach, to talk, to, um, to speak uh, about the things of God. And we, you think about it, we talk about what is important to us. Uh, we, are, we, we don't hold back on things that are, an import, that are important to us. And we're not called to communicate like a mime, you know, these characters that are dressed funny and they act out stuff, but they never talk. Well, that's not Christianity, and that's not how the message goes. In Luke 24, on, Christ, on Easter Sunday, Jesus gives us the essential message for people fishing, and he says that as he goes through what's essential in the presentation of the gospel in Luke twenty-four forty-five to fifty-eight, there are four things: the cross of Christ, and Paul went to there. Jesus died; he was crucified. That's the wisdom of God. He rose again on the third day, the resurrection. And repentance must be preached in his name to all nations, along with the forgiveness of sin. And that's what we need to hear as Christians as we come to faith. We believe in Jesus. He says, your sins are forgiven. And that's the wonderful message that we have. And the method for the people fishing is to bring a message of repentance, to call people from darkness. Now, there will be good results when people come to know the Lord because Jesus' teaching is life-changing. You won't be the same after encountering Christ through his word. The sinners hear good news of the kingdom through the preaching of the word. The Bible, as we read it, as we hear the gospel being preached on Sunday, whenever I go and I'm listening, I'm sitting in the pew listening to someone else in the pulpit, I'm waiting to hear about what Christ has done and, and forgiveness through him, and, that, and that's always good news. And James tells us if we are able to be part of, of changing a person's life, that uh, we will save a person from spiritual death. And so it's important that we not just think about ourselves, but we have in our hearts the people that are away from God, that don't want anything to do with him. We have the promise in the Bible and pictured for us in the ministry of Jesus in a very wonderful way. I'm sure it's very thrilling to read as people, as we've had problems and diseases over a period of time, to read about this, that news about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him, all who were ill and with various diseases, all suffering severe pain, and on and on. And he healed them. Well, the ultimate healing of every disease and sickness among the people is going to come at the end, beyond this life, Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. And that, that second part is, is, uh, will be in the future as well fulfilled Revelation 21, second to last chapter of the Bible, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And so we look at the ministry of Jesus. We see a picture, part of the promise of God that in In the city of God, there's there's no sickness, there's no death, there's no pain. And that's good news, good news for more than this life. We look at this passage and we need to see that we need to embrace our calling. We need to be part of the work of of people fishing. Wouldn't that be wonderful if God used you to bring someone to faith, to bring someone uh, to a new life? And it's not a passive role that just sort of falls into place. It's something you have to go do. It's, a, it's an active one. Just like you decide to go fishing, you get your, your tackle box and your gear and your boat, or if you have one, and, and you go out and, and you try. And that's the way it is with people fishing also. And pray for God's blessing and a heart for the work to bring glory to Christ and good things to people you love the most. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, the blessings of the gospel. Uh, we thank you that you are a gracious God uh, for all who, who know you, for all who love you. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would draw people to yourself uh, who can hear the gospel today on radio. Uh, we would pray, Lord, for those that uh, the membership of this church Uh, needs to uh, welcome and invite, we ask, Lord, that you would use us in that work of people fishing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.